Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Himalaya. Hi, this is Rosa Mercado, and you're listening to season two of The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya Learning audio course. To listen to the rest of the audio course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie season two and enter promo code relationships to get your first 14 days absolutely free. I hope to see you there. I'm Rosa Mercado, and this is The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, where we get real about the rewarding parts of life, including, of course, motherhood. And who best to talk about motherhood than two super mamas? Yes, our guests today are Bricia Lopez Meitorena and Paulina Lopez Velasquez of Super Mamas. Welcome to the pod, mamitas. How are you guys? Hi. Doing Hi. great. Hi. Oh my Thanks God. for having us, Rosie. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on. I appreciate it. But before we get started, I want to start with the quote of the day so we can get inspired. Today's quote comes from the one and only Oprah. I believe the choice to become a mother is the choice to become one of the greatest spiritual teachers there is. Ladies, what do you oh, about today's quote? <laughs> no pressure. Good. No pressure. I mean, I will tell you that it's one of the most rewarding things, but like, I think the reason why motherhood can be very challenging at times it's because there's just so much pressure to be the best at everything 24 7 all the time and obviously that's not achievable um i am far from a spiritual teacher but i will say that having children has helped me evolve to become a better me a me that I could have never thought I could be. Uh, it allowed me to love myself in ways I thought I could, I never even imagined possible that I could not just love other people, but learn to love me because it is very true that you really do have to learn how to love yourself before you can love others. And I think children definitely teach you that. And if that's spiritual teaching, well then, Hey, call me Oprah number two. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think same thing. I, I think motherhood has uh, really bring out uh, a lot of the things that I had, I'm going to say, suppressed for a long time. Uh, one of those things has been just really trying to find myself. And in that journey, you know, I feel that my kids seeing me becoming a better person, a better version of myself um, has helped them as well. I have definitely become more spiritual myself and more during this time. And I think that just by example, you know, my children have learned what that means um, at that age, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a journey. I think motherhood is a journey because you don't just you're you have your babies and it's not like, oh, my God, you're the best mother in the world. It's it's acquired wisdom throughout trial and error. And I could say, like, for me being a mom and 
like just being mom again now at 40, the wisdom that I've attained through my other three kids and now being a new mom again. And, and, and I get to, I don't want to say compare, but that's what it ends up being. You compare like everything that you learn and like what I did with one child and what I learned with another and what I'm learning through this experience. And it's like a whole rebirth. But at the same time, like I could acknowledge that there were some moments that I was a shitty mom. I was a shitty mom because I was finding myself and I was going through growth and kind of trying to figure figure everything out with my emotions and my being. And then also, you know, going through, you know, losses and failures and relationships and, and then being a mom. And there's so many things in the mix. And that's what I, I think that's, that's what I feel that there's such a huge responsibility when it comes to motherhood to get real about it, like to get real about it, because sometimes we shame ourselves or we don't want to get real about the emotions that we're thinking or just say like, I'm really thinking this. I don't know. Like if it's like, you know, what's wrong with me. It's not so much what's wrong with me. It's just acknowledging that you have a thought there, whether it's good or bad, it's a thought. And where's that coming from? You guys get real on your podcast about talking about motherhood. What brought all this on? Well, I think, uh, we grew up with this, uh, uh, idea of what motherhood should look like, right? Growing up in Mexico, in Oaxaca, growing up in a telenovela culture, you know, motherhood was supposed to be this perfect, amazing thing. And you go to the hospital and you come back with this baby and you're like the perfect mother. And when I became a mom, I, um, you know, I crashed with the wall and I realized that it had nothing to do with what I grew up thinking that motherhood was going to be. I didn't know how to connect with my child. I went into a really big deep postpartum depression. And then I started questioning, like, how come we get, you know, put this idea in our head of what it should be. And no one really tells you about all the shitty things that happen when you become a mother. And, and so I felt very lonely. Also, when I became a mom, it was a very lonely place to be. No one in my family had babies. Very few of my friends had babies. You know, I, I just felt lonely. And when my sister became a parent herself and we started kind of bonding over our experiences, we realized that, um, you know, there was many people, many girls feeling the same way, but, you know, in our culture, we're not supposed to talk about those failures. We're not supposed to talk about the hard parts. We're not supposed to talk about, you know, that, you know, the milk struggles and what your body goes through and the relationship with your husband and, and how shitty you feel every day and the guilt that you feel. And so we, we thought, how come no one is talking about these things? You know, how come no one is normalizing this? And um, it was just a way for us to actually also get it out of our chest and, you know, just, vent. you know, vent. Uh, we actually started recording with a bottle of wine every week back then, five years ago. And, you know, it was, it was very, it was a good, really good release for us. And we just started taking momentum and we realized there was a lot of people that were feeling like that and they really related to our experiences being bicultural, bilingual, you know, just trying to juggle, you know, juggle everything in motherhood. And that's how it started. That's how we, that's how we, that super romance came to be. What do you feel is like the realest thing that you've said and have you ever gotten backlash for it? It's like, how dare you say that about motherhood? Like, did you ever get any kind of shit like that? Well, I think like one time that we talked about, was it just having help, right? I think like being okay with having help. That was the one time that people were like, you know, that's such privilege, you know, having help. And we were just like, I mean, 
shouldn't everybody get help in being a mother? I mean, it's, it's not it's not as easy as, as it looks. It's not as easy as it sounds. We wish it would be, you know, we wish we could be running a business and raising kids and having a relationship and being friends and, and, and it could be perfect, but we really can do it on our own. And, and it just, we have to be okay with asking for help and knowing that it takes a village to raise a child. And we want to take on everything as mothers. We want to be the ones doing everything every single time. But in reality, you can't. Like, it's just the truth, right? Like us being here right now um, takes more people. You know, there's someone watching our kids right now. There's someone doing other things for us. And we have to be okay with that. We can't do everything ourselves. I, I, I completely agree. And I feel like, especially being Latina, um, and, you know, it's like growing up and it's like, tú tienes que hacer todo, like, you know, andale animo, like, echa, echa pa'lante, like you have to. And while that's a wonderful thing to keep going, the reality is that sometimes you just, it's okay to ask yourself, like, you know, how, how am I feeling? Because motherhood could be overwhelming, whether it's your first kid, the third or the fourth, the fifth, like, doesn't matter. Each experience on its own, it's a brand new experience that you go through. And with it, you develop a relationship with your baby that has a new personality, has new, new things that you're learning about that. And then on top of it, your body goes through different changes just through different pregnancies because pregnancy whether it's a boy or a girl each pregnancy is different and it just really energetically like in some of them I was more hungry than others and others I was more sleepy than others others I was happier like you know it's just there's so many moving pieces to that and I feel like it's okay to ask yourself like am I okay and if I'm not like what thoughts am I having and you know and I think it's healthy to be able to share, to be able to express yourself. I think that's so important. And I feel like there's just so much shaming when it comes to motherhood, when it's like, how dare you talk about that? Like, or, or how dare you say this? Like, there's worse things going on in the world. While I understand that this is what I'm going through right now. Do you ever, do you ever, is there other shaming moments that you, you guys, you know, learned from or have gone through or have seen other mothers go through and you're like, hold on, I have to say something about this. You know, I think that we have always been very open Alina and myself. And I'm sure that it's the same for you that when you go in the mic and you start speaking, it's almost therapeutic, right? And we have been open from day one and our day ones that we call them, the, the, the women who have been listening to our podcast since the first episode or the women who binge on our show know us more than I think our closest friends because it really, we really spilled the most intimate moments in the show and people have been growing with us. And since day one, we've always said that it was a judgment free zone mm. and that we really don't condemn the shame, the shaming of others. And I think it's more, if anything, it's more shaming between my sister and I like, Oh my gosh, you did this or like, Oh, you did that. And I think because it's two sisters, just, shit talking to one another sometimes I think it kind of takes it away does that make any sense like like I'm always giving Paulina shit for having three kids not in that way but I'm all like oh you and your 10 children which I mean but I would love to have three kids too you know what I'm saying so it's and, and I think that like a lot of us in our Superma community we're just so real that we just let it all out uh and shaming isn't something that we even give space to but like Paulina said, I think the one time was the backlash about, about us saying that I had someone that would come to my house once a week and would help me with laundry and would help me with, you know, sometimes with cooking and would help me with different things. And 
that um, that was really hurtful for us because I think one of the things that we don't speak about during Lat in the Latina culture is that the fact that I have friends who up until that moment were so secretive about talking about the help they would get in their home. And I, to me, it just didn't register. And they explained that they were just so ashamed that other people would judge them because, oh my gosh, you mean to tell me you don't wash your, wash your own clothes, you know, clean your own bathrooms, run your own business. Like my sister saying, cook your food every single night, have a husband, go on vacation, drink water, exercise. Like how can you not do all of that? Aren't you supposed to be superwoman that like takes away from it? Um, but, and we had an episode that we addressed it on the show. And then after that, I don't, I don't really recall anything else but that, but I think it's, again, I think it's more of like my sister and I talking shit to each other other than like, other, because we're so different too, Paulina and myself. And I think we represent one type of mom and another type of mom. And those moms coming together and just having nothing but love and sister love. You know what I mean? Well, that's a good question. Let me ask you this. What type of moms are there out there? Um, well, there's like, you know, like the free range mom, the helicopter mom, the screen mom, the rye, like Montessori mom, you know, the I don't get fuck mom that like, you know, uh, there's all types of moms. And I think it's like, that's not just like the types of moms, it's the type of women. I mean, there's so many personalities, right? That's, that's really personality driven. There's, I have, I know women who their kids are three and have never seen a YouTube show in their life. And I'm like, damn, that's the type of mom you are. And I'm like, my kid can like, every time I do a video with him, he's like, click subscribe. And I'm like, subscribe, who are you talking to? Comment below, subscribe. And I'm like, what are, what are you saying? Um, so I think like those are, when we say types of mom, we just mean the personalities that come behind you know, the mom and my sister and I are very different. I mean, we're sisters. We've known each other our life, our entire life. We love each other. We're ride or dies. I would die for her. She would die for me, but we're very, very different people. And I think that that's the beauty of being different and just learning experiences and sharing those experiences. There's just so, so much that could be celebrated through that. Now, but you said you recently had a baby during the pandemic. I'm also a mama that had a baby during the pandemic. How was your motherhood experience? Like, how has that been for you? Cause it's been crazy different for me and I've learned so much about it. It has definitely been different, but I would say that, and again, I feel a little bit of guilt saying this, but it has been the most wonderful experience for me. Being, not being allowed to leave my home has been great for me. Being pregnant, having my child. With my first son, I was back at work after two months. I, you know, I just wanted to go, 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 go. And with her, I just took everything so slow, I was so focused on really honoring those first, you know, 40 days, Los 40 Dias that everybody, every grandma tells you about. I've seen the, the change that it has had on my body this time around, like having taken care of me, um, having my, being able to breastfeed my daughter every single day without me having to go to work and come back. I mean, there are days where I have to leave my home to go to work physically, but I mean, breastfeeding and working has been, you know, instead of pumping and working has just been such a blessing in my life. And just seeing her 
grow up right before my eyes. And it's, it's been wonderful, to be honest. I've been loving having that time and just being slow is been great. Yeah, I think it gives us the opportunity as as moms to be able to see, I don't know, for me, being able to see like, when my baby smiles, um, you know, when he's frustrated, like I've learned to pay attention to that. I feel like I'm more in tune. But also, I've also felt like I've, I've like paid attention to I didn't get to do that with my with my daughter when she was younger, because yeah. I was always in the go. And it like made me realize how many benchmark moments I missed, how many special moments I missed from um, being able to like, I don't remember when my daughter sat up and like my son is sitting up on his own. And it's like, oh my God, like I literally saw like from one day to the next, like how many changes he's, how he's learning to get off my lap and he's not even crawling yet. And I'm like, when did my daughter start doing that? So it really has made me appreciate that side of motherhood. Um, and then it's also made me grow as, as, as a mom and saying, wow, like there's a lot of things that I could do better as a mom with my other kids. I could, you know, to be more connected. So it's really given me a sense of appreciation of being present, of really being present without the distractions of running and pulling in different directions, because that was the reality of life before pandemic hit. I don't know how your hospital experience was, but for me, it was crazy scary. I, I literally was in, like, I was in be, so anxious and because I was told like a couple days before that my husband wasn't going to be able and I was going to be to go up with me and I was getting a C-section and being alone through that process and then being told like literally 20 minutes before like, oh, he could come up like we're going to go ahead and let him go, go up because they saw I was having like a panic attack. Um, going through that process for me was scary. I think that's the scariest part for me from the pandemic. Um, other than having just moments of like, all right, I need a five minute break. I need to at least go outside in my garden and just take a breather. Cause I just need to get out of the house. Um, yeah. did you experience anything like that at the hospital? You know, I've always been the person that number one, I don't want anyone in the room when I give birth. Like I've never been like that. Like my like, difference, my sister wants everybody in the room. Like she wants like the whole family there to like be there and like support her. I mean, I've not always, when the baby's, but you know, being born, but yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, I mean, when she gave birth to um, six of her youngest, there was five people in the room. Yeah. Maybe six. Maybe I think six. probably six. Um, yeah. And for me, when I gave birth to my son, I really didn't, I mean, my mom came last minute and this time around, I knew it was going to be just myself and my husband. I knew he was able to come with me. But I've never given, I, and this time even more so, I did not focus on the birth at all. Like I just, I think one thing that the pandemic has taught me was just to just surrender to it is what it is. So many things have happened that I just said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to go. I mean, I had to get induced. All these things started rushing through my mind because all I've heard was horror induction stories. I've not once heard I have not even once heard a story about somebody getting induced and coming out like right on the other side. So when I found out I was going to have to get induced, I was like, you know what, God, praise the Lord, whatever you want, I am in your hands. And I just let it go. And it was wonderful. <laughs> like, it was great. My, it's different with your second, I'm sure third, fourth. It, you know, she came out three pushes, one, two, three, let's go. Let's get out of here. Obviously there were, you know, she was premature. She was four weeks early. There were all these things happening, but I just started, you know, praying and like everything 
I just said one thing at a time. And I just kept thinking to myself, at the end of this, I'm going to have a beautiful girl. She's going to be healthy. And that's when she's going to start getting real. This is the easy part. And that's what I just kept telling myself. Like, this is the easy part. Like, just come out, be healthy. And after that, I, honestly, I'm like, I'm going to be in my bed, being tended to, my husband getting you whatever I want, have that moment with her. And like, I just kept thinking about that. And I, I just never focused on, because if I did, I would just, I would have driven myself crazy. And I think that's the one thing that the pandemic has taught me and how I've changed drastically. Even my mom has noticed, my dad has noticed. I just like, I'm just so much more chill yeah. <laughs> about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, now, I, did you, what, what did you learn? I, did you go through postpartum depression and, and what did, what did that teach you? My sister went through postpartum depression. Um, I learned a lot from her experience. I mean, she can speak about that journey um, but for me, I just, I've always, um, I've, I've always just wanted to focus on those moments with my kid afterwards, like, and, and just, and, and not put so much focus on the type of pregnancy I wanted to have. I never really focused on that. Or I, to me, it was more about who's going to take care of me, like right after and putting those pieces in place together. But my sister can speak about her experience. And I think I've learned from a lot from her about therapy, about mental health. I mean, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really, you know, uh, educated on mental health until my sister came forward and told us what, you know, the experience she has had. And I think she's not just taught herself, but she's taught our entire family. Wow. Paulina, what was your experience with that? Wow. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> um, it's been, it, it's been a, such a long journey. It's been like a nine, um, nine, my, my daughter's nine, nine year old journey. I've had postpartum depression twice. Uh, the second time was worse than the first time, but um, I've learned a lot, a lot about myself. I think I have grown the most because of that. And, you know, I am actually thankful because that that happened to me because otherwise Super mamas wouldn't have happened. My growth ha- wouldn't have happened. You know, um, educating myself, my family, and hopefully a part of the community. I, that's uh, one of the things that I, I always am very open on the on the show about just mental health and self care, because um, it was really hard. It was really 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 hard. Uh, you know, uh, I used to go to therapy uh, in secret. I went to therapy in secret for like a whole year. My family didn't know. I, I never really was public about it. I never told anyone. I was so ashamed because, you know, our culture is like, you get a therapy when you're crazy. So, you know, was I crazy? Like, am I crazy? Did motherhood make me crazy? Like, I wanted this baby so bad. Like, what's wrong with me? So um, I think that's the question, really, right? That's the question that we yeah. all go through. That's not the healthiest question. What is wrong with me? I th- you know, if we could turn that question around to, you know, what's really what is really going on? Where are these thoughts coming? It's not what's wrong with you. I think, um, I think a lot of more people would seek out help. They would seek out help in a whole different, in a whole different, um, it would, it would really turn situations around and just, it'd be something that would feel good. And there would be so much shame, like what you went through of keeping it a secret. Cause I think, especially as Latinas, like that's like the first thing that pops up and we, 
can't. Or like, it's not real. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a hoax. Come on. Orale. Tienes crios. Vámonos. Like, come on. Depression is a hoax. Oh my God. Yeah. Depression is a hoax. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, now, you know, now, like all these years later, my husband goes to therapy. I go to therapy. And then we have joint therapy. And that has dramatically improved our relationship, our marriage, our, with our kids, my relationship with people, my relationship with myself, which is the most important yeah. one. I think like the, the, mo the thing that I have gained the most is like the relationship that I have with myself and the way that I view myself now, because I always viewed myself as a victim. I always view myself like as a less than. I always view myself like as not adequate. Like I always had the imposter syndrome And I still fight through it. I still, I still struggle with it. But now I, I don't listen to those voices anymore. I have, I, I'm trying to find my own voice through this journey. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that, that happens. Like, you know, we get put all these ideas growing up in our head that make us who we become. And then we quiet down our own voice sometimes. And those voices get to be louder than what we are. And, and I think like the, the, the work that I've done has helped me back up and turn it around as to make my voice louder. And what do I want? And what do I feel? You know, what works for me and quiet down everybody else. So it's been, it's been, it's been a, an amazing journey for me. And I think, and, and also like in turn with you going through all of that and then seeking the help and finding the answers and really being able to figure out, okay, you know, yes, I have this inner voice that sometimes makes me question, how do I direct those emotions instead of them directing me? And then in turn, also you get to share that with your kids that if one day you see your kids going through depression, you have much more of a handle of, hey, let me seek help. Let me go. Let me, how can I support my kids? through this process, what has that process, how has that impacted your relationship with your kids? It's, it's, it's my relationship with my kids has dramatically changed, right? Um, we grew up uh, in a Mexican household, very, you know, my dad, you know, it's like a macho man from Mexico. And, you know, we, we grew up very differently, very, you know, secretive. We don't talk about these kind of things. Nobody, you know, every, every, everything gets solved with like going to work and keeping busy and let's just move. And, you know, and now it, acknowledge, acknowledging feelings was something that I, I was not familiar with. Right. Mm. So whenever my kids now tell me they feel a certain way, I try to find out more, you know, uh, you know, when they tell me that they feel sad or they tell me certain things, I have tools that have helped me that I can pass on to my children. And they have seen it. They have seen the change. They have seen the change, uh, like I said, not only with me, but like with our dad, the relationship that we have with each other, um, the way that my, my spiritual journey that has grown a lot because I, I understood that, I, that I, I can't do this on my own and I need, you know, I need God to help me and guide me through this. So it's really, really changed and shaped the way that I mother now and the way that I parent now. Um, and I'm hoping that by that, my kids are going to need less therapy than me in the future. You know, they're still probably going to need it. And I think everybody needs it. I think, you know, uh, throwing up whatever hurts you at that moment really helps because if we keep it, if we keep it inside and we suppress those feelings, that's what really gets, you know, makes us crazy. We have to take it out. We have to share. We have to talk to someone. And um, every time I, I, I do my therapy, um, people think that therapy is so that the person that gives you therapy can fix you. But in reality, you are actually fixing yourself because when you talk and, and you say things and you listen back to yourself, 
you find the answers. I've found my, my own answers many times. And, you know, um, she's just there to guide me and to hold my hand through it, you know, to tell me that I'm going to be okay. And that I, she validates my feelings and just doesn't tell me like, that's stupid, or that's wrong, or that doesn't exist, you know, she just validates it. And, and, like talks in a way to me that I'm like, oh, you, yeah, I never thought about it that way or, you know, a different perspective, but it's, it's been, it's been very um, good for me to go through this, um, through this journey. Yeah. I think what you said about validating emotions, I think it's so important not only to say what you're feeling, to feel what you're feeling. And I think um, in turn, as mothers, it teaches us to really pay attention. Like you said to your kids, you know, when they tell you that something's going on or they're feeling a certain way to be able to say, Hey, like, you know, instead of saying like, suck it up or like, you know, uh, forget about that, just keep going or just ignore that of really getting, getting that communication started with your kids, which is really, really important as they get older, um, that they feel that, Hey, like I could talk, I could talk to my parents about anything or I could talk to my mom about anything. She's actually listening and she's asking me questions because eventually they'll learn that we, we really do care. And sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like growing up, you know, as parents, like you're told, you know, you go through a situation and, and, and you say something and it's not that they do it with bad intention. It's just that, that, that was the, the way they were raised from an, I love you to, you know, constantly working, um, that you don't hear that a lot. Therefore you start doing the same thing that your parents did with you. You start doing it to your kids and it's something that, you know, it's something that just keeps going. So I just feel that communication and asking the right questions, being able to hold that ground for your kids and helping yourself and then paying it forward and using those same tools and understanding your kids just creates such much, like it, it creates a healthier environment and so much understanding when turmoil comes because eventually we have highs and we have lows and our kids go through that on how to support them and really be there for them when they need us, when they really yeah. need us. I think that's so important. Moving forward, yeah. Breaking patterns. Breaking patterns, girl. And talking about breaking patterns, we're going to go right into Rosie's takeaways where I asked my guests about a moment of adversity that they had and how they overcame it. What was the lesson that they learned from that? What was your moment of adversity? I mean, you know, when, um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I can tell you 10 moments in a day right now, you know, with everything that's happening. I think the one thing that I, that I've learned is that adversity is going to be present yeah. regardless, no matter what, like even when the pandemic is over, we're still going to have adversity. We're still going to have problems. There's still going to be things. But one of the things that has helped me the most during this time is to really, you know, change my focus. And, and I, I used to be a very fatalist person. I probably somewhere deep inside, I still am, but I, I very fatalist, like something's wrong. And then I go to the, like to the next level I used to. And now I've decided, you know, I need to just focus, take my focus out of that and focus on what's going right. Because if I tend to focus on what's going bad, then everything's going to go bad. So I change my focus and I, and I try to figure out like, you know, what are the things I journal every day? And I say, these are the things that I'm thankful for today. I try to focus on those things and say, I am grateful. I am here. And no matter what happens, I will eventually, this too shall pass sometime. Um, so that's what I've learned, you know, that, you know, even when I was in my darkest places in my depression, it, it passed. So um, it will pass as well. Maricia, what was your moment of adversity? Oh, well, like my sister said, you can count them with two hands in the last 10 <laughs> minutes. But uh, I think that when you sent that question, the first thing that came to mind was just the journey we've been having in our business since the pandemic started. We are in a 
service industry and the restaurant industry. We've been in that business for, my gosh, my dad started the restaurant 26 years ago. And we've never experienced anything remotely like this. I mean, I, I feel and I pray every day for every restaurant owner out there. I am in many groups, support groups, <laughs> female, uh, of female-run restaurants. And there's a new problem every single day. I mean, the, I remember the Sunday when the mayor Garcetti here in the city of Los Angeles announced that we had to close down for, outdoor, for indoor dining and we needed to become a takeout uh, restaurant it was like you know the rug was pulled beneath our feet um, and we had just had no idea what was going to happen and then it, and I think at that moment what we needed to do I just needed to realize like well we decided to have this life I don't know if that makes any sense but we are here for a reason. We are the leaders and we need to figure it out. And I think that the moment, that the, the, the way that I overcame it with my siblings was just realizing that we need to figure it out one step at a time, one day at a time, not again, like my sister said, not thinking about, oh my gosh, like what can happen? Is that like, what is happening today and how can this be fixed? what's the next phone call? What's one thing? And I think that for those people who are facing adversities in their businesses, I mean, we just got shut down at outdoor dining again, uh, two weeks ago. So for, for those who own businesses or who are going through a hard time right now, uh, with the pandemic, I would just say, it's just really all about one thing at a time, one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Um, and momentum occurs, but just one step, two steps, three steps, four steps. And before you know, you have run a marathon. So I think that just taking that one step at a time for, for myself has, has really, really helped me. And there are weeks where, you know, I have, I, you give birth and your child starts, you know, virtual kindergarten and you may not be present that week, but the next one you will and be kind to yourself. And again, it's not how often you fall off the boat, but how fast you can back, you can get back on that really matters. Mm, ladies, where the, can they find you for more inspiration? Yes, you can find us on our social media platforms at underscore Supermamas, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Supermamas Podcast. Instagram again at underscore supermamas and supermamas.com. My personal Instagram is I am Paulina Lopez and my sister is Bricia Lopez at Bricia Lopez. Ladies, thank you so much for being here on the Girl with Self Esteem Issues, keeping it real about motherhood and just talking to us about everything that you guys have learned and, you know, keep inspiring. I love that you guys keep it real. We're sending you much love and much success in everything that you guys do. You guys are listening to the Girl with Self Esteem Issues, and we just listened to Paulina and Bricia with Super Mamas talking about motherhood. This is the Girl with Self Esteem Issues. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Girl with Self-Esteem Issues podcast. If you want to hear more about my journey, be sure to check out my memoir, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, available in both English and Spanish through HarperCollins and HarperOne. You can find the link to purchase in the show description or wherever you're listening to this podcast. What you just heard was season two of The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya learning audio course. To listen to the rest of the course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com 
forward slash Rosie season two and enter promo code relationships to get your first 14 days free. I hope to see you there.